0: Hey everybody welcome back to a new episode of project takiti it's a magical place i'm one of your hosts jess and i'm joined by your other host jared hello hello we are uh going to talk about one of our favorite characters this episode <laughs> which he has become surprisingly one of our favorite characters i think general talbot
1: <laughs> when i thought of him i guess i i don't know I, I i feel i, I feel like we've uh, when, when editing the last several episodes I've edited, I've discovered that we're both, I feel like, less enthusiastically enforcing spoilers because I have, like...
0: Oh, no. <laughs> well,
1: well, I mean, we, we're aware of it, but I feel like we just don't care as much. But, like, there's a thing that relates to Talbot later on in the series. It was added to, I yes. think, Marvel's future fight, uh that uh, Talbot and uh, Colson were both added to this game. And I, I can cl- clarify that more, I guess, when we're done with the yeah, content right. of the episode. But it's just like, n- n- I love Talbot. Uh, I was mm-hmm. trying to think of uh, William Hurt's name the other day, trying to think of who, like, stuck over from, who who was a holdover from uh, the Hulk movie. Because, like, it still counts in the MCU, but they barely mention it because it was a co-production. Because they yeah. can't, uh, you know, they recast so many people and whatnot. But we we keep him and how he was. He's Talbot's boss in the comics and everything, and he's uh, also what do you call it? Uh, ends up being his father-in-law because he marries right. uh, Betty. He's he's yeah. Bruce's ex-wife's second yep. husband.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so weird. Uh, it is
1: also i love that her other her other love interest competition from the comics is played by uh, modern families phil by ty girl oh, yeah. in, in, in that movie as well yeah. and he and like if that movie had been a success or whatever theoretically with the mcu he would be a superhero right now named doc Sampson. he'd be oh, he'd be in the comics and like that guy would probably be hugely buffed because just, like, right. all those actors, like, they'd, like...
0: Yeah, they'd they all that up. <laughs> steroids.
1: Like, like yeah.
0: just,
1: I don't want to be too judgmental, but that does seem to be what a lot of them do. Not all of them, yeah. for sure. Some of them yeah. go about it the right way. Although those ones end up then talking about how the right way even is... Super, super wrong. Like, oh huge
0: yeah, ass. no. There was um, this was a while ago, but there was some photo that came out of Jason Momoa. Like, he was on vacation somewhere, oh, and people, he I, didn't I, have like an eight pack, and everyone was like body shaming him.
1: But he still looked amazing. I know. He just, he just,
0: for once, he you couldn't like, see his eight pack. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, it wasn't like, like, defined. like it wasn't even a gut. It yeah. was just
1: not defined. It was like, yeah. like his, his arms and chest were still hugely defined and giant. Yeah, and it's just like. Dude, the, the dude had a to, few more carbs between movies.
0: Like, I was gonna say, unusual. like, the way that's you it. have to eat is like unsustainable to have like a defined musculature like that. Like, oh, that, that's why you what can't Jackman, do that when you're not shooting. That's why Hugh Jackman quit
1: those kinds of movies. Like, he didn't just quit Wolverine. Like, he talked about it after Logan. I, I read a couple of interviews where he was like. Like like their they, interviews were like the headlines are about like eating right or like doing it the right way or whatever but like that's not the real headline of the interview when you like read them like his point is that it's not sustainable he's like yeah. for him to look the way he does whenever they have his shirt off in an X-Men movie like he he starves himself for like a day and has no water for like twelve yeah. hours, and immediately after the shoot, is like sucking on ice cubes because he can't immediately have a glass of water because he'll be shocked to his system because he's yeah. dehydrating himself intentionally. Yeah,
0: like, like it's, it's it's so it's, crazy. No,
1: it is, and he's just like he can't support it anymore. Yeah. And like I I appreciate but like a lot of those guys don't ever say anything; they just take their giant checks and let it take all the praise and all the hard eyes from everybody, myself included. Yeah, but he's like. No, No, it's like like like, we probably shouldn't be doing this. Like he's doing it low key. He's not burning bridges because he's a professional, I think. He's not Shia LaBeouf after Indiana Jones 4 being like, it was awful. Why was I in that? (laughs) It's like, well, now you're
0: not in Spielberg movies. (laughs) I know. It makes me think of Chris Evans. Like he like doesn't come out and say it like that, but he's always like my – the thing I'm most looking forward to is not having to go to the gym every day and being able to eat normally. (laughs) Yes. And even
1: though I don't like Chris Pratt, I remember in interviews with him where like, I I don't remember what it was. It was some, a woman interviewer who was like kind of flirting with him and talking about how how good looking he was after guardians. They're like, I bet, you know, because he was still uh, married at the time. And he was like, I bet, you know, your wife really appreciates, you know, the way you look down. He's like, no, she hates it, and I hate it because, like, all I do is count calories now. It used to be really fun, but now all I do is work out and watch what I eat. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> and and now they're divorced. <laughs> it's like maybe, maybe Ooh. like that was like a little like cry for help where it's like this is ba- a bad thing in my life. Yeah, and it's, I, I think it's worth mentioning that yeah, like I being healthy so. is great, but like trying to look like a Greek statue, like that's. That's our musculature, yes, but that's not how we, – like we are meant to have body fat yeah. <laughs> like, like, for all sorts of reasons, just so that you don't break bones as easily when you fall.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like, even if you have healthy bones, they're Yeah, fat protects your organs like yeah. low. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: you no, know, it stores things we need for later yeah. so that we don't starve ourselves. Like, like it's, We've got a little digression, but I feel like it's <laughs> it's uh, as we always do, but, but I, I do feel like it's worth mentioning like – there are well, tons of people who look great in real life and in the media who don't look to the the those extremes and
0: yeah. And it's okay. Like it's yeah. fine. And it actually it is relevant to this episode because when I was looking up the Wikipedia to see who wrote and directed this, there's a little blurb about um Brett Dalton and how like for his scene at the very end of this episode, he like worked out at, like crazy so that he could have that like Greek statue body. No, and
1: that's no, no. <laughs> and and I, I like, I guess it's not really any different. Like I've always felt uncomfortable, like by, by when they praise someone like uh, uh, what's his face, Christian Bale for like losing weight for The Machinist, mm-hmm. where it's like it was dangerous, like doctors yeah. warned him or whatever. It's like what? That's not a good thing. <laughs> like that's insane for what? For a movie? If they can do it with a puppet or special effects or whatever, you know, like. I'm pretty sure, I don't remember anything about like Donnie Wahlberg being told he was going to get a kidney failure when he lost weight and they right. did horror movie lighting for the scenes in Sixth Sense. He looks crazy and creepy as hell in his underwear and then, and then <laughs> like, and all he did was lose a few pounds and they did, ma- you know, stage yeah. makeup and yeah. dramatic lighting.
0: <laughs> right? Like there's ways you can do it. Yeah. Right. I don't know. Um, this is why I appreciate not the fat phobic joking in, in Endgame, but like Thor's body in Endgame, no, and just I like his whole well art. Um, but I just like that, like when he has this moment of like becoming like the god of the god of thunder again, like in the end battle scenes, he like doesn't lose his gut. He just like become, you know, he just has his armor and his cape, and yeah, there's
1: no magic fix. He just has yeah. the look in his eye of determination and, instead of like resigned to yeah. giving up.
0: And even when he's like on the, um, the guardians ship at the end, like he still looks like that. It's like, he didn't have no, that like, weight loss, like character moment. That's
1: and, and I like that the guardians, even though like, uh, they aren't necessarily like super woke and like, yeah. <laughs> like encouraging, especially someone like rocket at the same time. They also, uh, they reaffirm that like, it's not just Thor who's treating himself like he's back to his old self like they're kind of treating him with the same deference or reverence or good nature that they are when they first find him where it's sort of like they're already like taking his word over Chris Pratt which on a meta level I can appreciate it right? much prefer Chris Hemsworth to Chris Pratt as a human being, but just as far as in story and thematically goes too, it's like no, he's still a god. He's still himself. He's still got this countenance and this confidence and this coolness, and none of that goes away just because he has a you know a few a extra dozen pounds. Yeah. That doesn't. That has nothing to do with who he is. That's just his shell, and it's like, you no, know, it's it's fine. It's yeah. It, it's not something that needs to be addressed. And will it be gone? by the end of the next movie i'm sure but i kind of hope not though i kind of hope not too and i really like taika and i have faith in him but i also know that he also while he incorporate incorporated real messages i think of uh you know the dangers and evils of colonialism and and uh, you know and whitewashing that stuff afterward like i think there's 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 like real important themes in ragnarok that make Mm -hmm. it more than meets the eye. He's also like really willing to play the pop game. You know, he's yeah. in Suicide Squad for <laughs> yeah. so fun because yeah. he likes having fun, doing silly stuff. So, I like. I, I just feel like it, I worry that I I want that too, but I'm also like not wanting to like get my hopes up too much because I'm, because I, know. You know, I feel like. A, we were both optimistic, but realistic. Like we're not yeah. like overly cynical, but we're realistically
0: cynical. It's like, yeah, yeah. I, I think you're right.
1: Marvel's um, not perfect. They're
0: good. No. Not perfect. I had something else I was going to say and I forgot. Yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> I it had something to do with recap. Thor, and I can't remember now. Um, It's fine. I, I'm, I'm sure it'll come recap. to me.
1: <laughs> your recap just made me laugh when looking at it. The synopsis <laughs> oh god
0: yeah I uh, was in a mood yesterday when I was watching this so and this episode like these two episodes are just so like this episode in particular is like funny but there's just so much bad shit like terrible terrible things in it that I not like narrative terrible but like things that make me cringe <laughs> so I don't know Let's talk about the episode. Um, Oh, before we get started, we are a part of the But Why Though podcast community. uh, So be sure to check them out on Twitter at But Why Though PC and their website, butwhythopodcast.com. We are super proud to be a part of their community. All right, this is season 3, episode 12, titled The Inside Man, written by Craig Titley, directed by John Turleski. I don't know if I've seen his name before. Maybe, I don't know. Um, and originally aired March 15th, 2016. So, <laughs> God, here we go with the recap. Um <laughs> um uh, so in the the recap for this episode from the previous episode um if you'll remember like uh ward quote ward did that weird sand like mummy thing at the iron shaft and so like that was the last scene that we saw and it was weird so um we now go to a flashback to Maveth where colson is killing ward with his hand and is crushing his chest and we go to ward's pov and the the like tentacle thing that came out of will's body is like in his visual like visual range and then it's just all of ward's memories kind of like flashing before the screen and the the thing that is ward like opens his eyes and he's like oh i wish i could have met grant ward he seems you know like a great man and he calls him the perfect host Um, and Malik is like, yes, like he was a great man, like one of the best recruits we've ever had in Hydra. And then, um, he's like, well, I have an inhuman for you. Um, and he's the Colombian guy and he has his eyes all bandaged up and I'm just going to call him Ward because he doesn't have, we we haven't been introduced to his name yet. And it's confusing for me to call him the thing that is Ward. (laughs) The, the thing wearing thing. Ward, the, 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 ward, suit. ward suit. the Ward suit, Ward yeah. suit. Yeah, okay. I'll call him the, the, ward, suit. In the ward suit. Um, uh, hey,
1: good callback to another Marvel Marvel thing. To, yeah, uh, the Kingpin. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um. So the Colombian guy's eyes are all bandaged up, and the Ward suit is like, "Oh, I want to see his eyes," and so they unbandage him and they open his glasses, and he freezes everybody in the room except for the Ward suit, and. Um, he's like, what are you? And ward suit, like, does this weird thing where he like steps out of his body and is like this, like spirit looking thing. It's weird. I was like, I don't remember this at all. And it was confusing. <laughs> well, I want to float this. It's like,
1: well, cause we see, as you wrote in the recap, uh, <laughs> uh ward through sand and iron chef i believe yeah you put it uh like he we see him like just start to disintegrate when he like sticks his hand out at the end of the previous episode like it's like he turns into sand and in this instance it's like he turns his whole body into sand and then like leaves like a sand like dust image it's almost like in a cartoon when a character runs really fast yes and and you see them for a split second and then they dissipate into a cloud like the image it's like an after image of them but like it's it's like he did that to himself out of making himself into a sandstorm for a split second but then turning back but there's still the front like layer of sand ward suit it's weird it's It's super weird weird. i feel like I, i get it but it also makes no sense. Like it's I only really, get it because of the lifetime of comics and cartoons. I'm like, right, I don't know what right. they're going for. But it's gibberish. Like, like it's visual and It's gibberish. really,
0: it's really hard to explain. Like in a verbal medium, I'm like, how do I explain this in a recap? Like he turns, he his, he like sheds his skin. Like, but that's not really like a good description either. Like it's,
1: it, but it's, <laughs> he turns, he turns his top layer of skin into sand, and then it just stays. Yeah, and suspends it for a second. <laughs> It's weird. I feel like we're getting farther away from it, honestly. But I know I do too. <laughs> just watch the episode;
0: you'll know what we're talking
1: I, about. I, I do love the idea, though. of, uh, Like that's just an interesting concept of like uh, a, a sci-fi or a fantasy thing, or or any kind of I guess idea that gets harder and harder to understand the more you try to describe it. It's like because that's exactly what this is. I Yeah, I don't even like know who where pitched? Really
0: who pitched this to like? Hey, this is what we should do. Like, how did they say? How did well, they describe uh, this, like visual, this this digital effect? <laughs>
1: well, I mean, we all know everything up to this point, so it's not spoiling to say that we know uh, this is some sort of ancient, you know, inhuman entity that, like, yeah, hops from body to body, and we've seen him start to disintegrate. So it's like, I I feel like whoever was pitching this was probably in a conversation where people, were, uh, we're in California, which is where this show is is also based. <laughs> it's like I'm betting there's a lot, at the time it wasn't. Uh, uh, commercially available, but a lot of people have medicinal cards. And I'm just guessing that th- these people were very high, and someone was talking <laughs> about, like, all right, so you know, this guy's like disintegrated into sand and stuff. And it's like, what if it was like a cloud of? Uh, I'm imagining that you're using the cartoon thing, and it's like, it's the person ran away, and then there's like, there's just a cloud of smoke of, of the person in their wake, yeah, <laughs> like, because that's so sort of what it's like, but it's sand instead of smoke. It's weird. Maybe they just really like the the smoke monster from Lost. Oh, They're God. Trying to
0: figure out some way to incorporate that. That's my my new theory. Oh, Lord. All right. Well, now we go to to the airport. I was trying to figure out what airport this is. Is that Burbank? I think so, but I'm not 100% sure. Because I was like, this is not LAX. <laughs> I think it's Burbank. Um, And Talbot is in the airport and his wife has a suitcase and he's like begging her not to leave. And she's like, you always put your work before family and I can't do it anymore. And he watches her go and he's very sad. And he's um, somehow he is in the terminal, like watching the plane like outside, which you're not allowed to do. So I don't understand. (laughs) Maybe his government (laughs) security clearance allows him to go inside the terminal. But um, then Coulson shows up and I'm like, I don't understand how they're in there. It's, narrative nonsense (laughs) you're not allowed to do that in 2016 um colson's mad because talbot's not returning his calls and he's like technically you know i'm your boss now and talbot's like you never will be my boss and he's like all pissed and then like as they're walking away out of the shot like someone gets up and starts to follow them and it's like they're in like a trench coat we don't know who they are we don't see their face oh no what's happening um we go to the playground and Hunter is playing with some kind of weapon. It looks like a, like a rocket launcher or like a bazooka launcher. <laughs> and they're going to some kind of conference in Taiwan and they can't bring weapons. And, and it's like, it's supposed to be peaceful, like no weapons. And, um, he has this, this, uh, this case with a new piece of tech that makes gloves and it's for Colson. And, um, Hunter's like, oh, that's interesting. Um, But uh, we find out that Fitz isn't going with them to the symposium. Um, So it seems like we know Hunter is going so far and Coulson, obviously. And um, this is titled The Symposium on the Alien Contagion. And Daisy and Bobby um, are, I think they're in, I don't know where they are. They're somewhere. They're talking about this the symposium and the title of it and daisy's like yeah great way to like frame this as like something bad instead of like you know we're actually trying to find a solution or f- try to find a way to like find peace um <laughs> bobby's like well people just you know they fear what they don't understand and Daisy's like well in that case like humans are just as bad big of threats as inhumans and bobby's like yeah but we understand humans and that's why there's no symposiums on the human threat, which is very true. <laughs> um, and uh, Lincoln is in the airport, and he's playing spy with May's supervision. So he's on comms with May, and um, she's trying to help him um, train for the field. And she's like, "Oh, you have to." You know, don't you got to look for things like things that look conspicuous, like clothing that doesn't match the weather, um, you know, shifty movements, things like that. And Lincoln's like, oh, I see something suspicious. No one would ever get that haircut like in. in
1: Yes, (laughs) I texted you. You weren't going to watch this episode for a week or a half or something. And I knew it. But I texted you when I got to that part because I was it, it made me laugh so hard. I think I I think maybe I may have rewound it when the episode was over and rewatched <laughs> just that part. Just because I think it's how astounded I am that like like it, it it's how much I love Adrian Pazdar at this point, because I hated him in Heroes for an, yeah.
0: Why is uh, a terrible character in Heroes? Yeah,
1: I I have like, like I love Milo Ventimiglia and a bunch of other stuff, but I didn't like him in that. Like like there's just people like everybody even I can't oh uh Sindil Ramamurthy, the guy who played the I think that's his name, the guy who played uh the like lead character in Heroes, the science yeah. guy. Yeah. Uh, who who to me looks like a better looking version of David Tennant almost um, uh, so, uh, like, like they have the same facial structure. If you look at them, like they have the Aww. same bone structure, like just super handsome dudes with like really really fine features. But like I think like, he's just the superior version of of him physically. But and like I've loved him in a bunch of other stuff. But I hated him in that, and I feel like I don't know what it is. Maybe it's all Tim Kring, uh, working with a guy who's super, fam- w- w- super famous for writing comics and working with a famous comic book artist and hiring a bunch of people who grew up on comics and either aspired to or were also working in comics on its staff and saying, I've never read comic books. None of this has anything to do with anything that's come uh, before. It's all sad. my original ideas. It's like, dude, screw you. But uh, but no, like it's a combination of the fact that I, how much this shows made me love Adrian Pazdar, but also that like the absurdity of how much i dislike lincoln that him <laughs> bagging on him is so shockingly like satisfying to me that i'm like like i can't believe I, i'm agreeing with lincoln where it's like he's a fictional character i I, 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 need, I need to not hold it against him so much but i do like i just think of him as a real life douchebag i know point. and he's not even that bad I mean he's, he's not a good character on the show but he's not you know, he's not an asshole, but I mean, yeah. he's so much better than Ward, at least. Oh, God, seriously.
0: Um, So I just Googled um Senegal, uh Remurthy, and he does look like a not not like, <laughs> <laughs> like, You know what? Because I was picturing him, because in the show he has, like, long hair. Yeah, and he I was always like, has, I like, see the long,
1: it, curly, the, wavy kind of hair. Yeah,
0: hair. but the photo that's on his Wikipedia page, he has short hair, and he's, like, looking directly at the camera, and it totally does. He totally look, looks like him. I mean, so yeah,
1: I, 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 it's between OCD and... Being an artist, I feel like sometimes I just look at things entirely visually and like they just have like very similar like cheekbones, nose shapes, like like they just look
0: the jaw lines,
1: the the jaw lines, both incredibly good looking dudes. But he just looks like a little more like traditionally good looking, like the the tenant is like gaunt and kind of skinny. And like, it's definitely a lot of people's maybe. Preferred type or whatever, but because everybody's different. Mm-hmm. But I, 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 to me, it feels like he just looks more like. Oh, what if David Tennant were a Greek statue? <laughs> it's like, oh, that's <laughs> that guy. That's 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 Zendel really. <laughs> Yeah.
0: That's funny. Um. So Lincoln makes fun of Talbot's hair, and it's really funny, (laughs) (laughs) and it kind of pulled me out of the show for a second. I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) Clearly the same. I had to do a
1: digression. It pulled me out so much.
0: (laughs) Um, And Coulson and Talbot are going down the escalator, and um, Coulson is telling Talbot, you know, like, we have to go to this symposium. Like, I want to know if these other countries are harboring inhumans. And then Lincoln sees the guy that's following Coulson and Talbot. And it's Carl Creel, our favorite. Um, and Lincoln runs in. They're in like the uh, garage. And Lincoln, Lincoln runs in to zap him with electricity. But Creel turns into rubber. He touches a tire. And so the electricity doesn't phase him. And then um, there's all this chaos and like colson shoves talbot into the suv and they're like shooting at him and then may comes running and she hits creel with a wrench and he turns to metal and then lincoln's able to zap him and then he like keeps going and may's like okay that's enough and colson's like okay stop that's an order and lincoln kind of looks a little crazed like whoa like i almost lost control which we'll get back to this in a second because this annoys me but whatever it's a thing now um and apparently and Talbot gets out. He's like, "What the hell is going on, guys? Like, why would you do this?" Like, apparently Creel is Talbot's bodyguard. <laughs> so, a uh, case of mistaken identity. I don't think that's the right phrase I'm looking for, but still, it's an apt reaction to Carl Creel.
1: <laughs> no, definitely, <laughs> given what us. we know, <laughs> well, in everyone's relation to yeah.
0: Him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we go to the playground and Creel is in the containment module and um, Fitz is kind of talking about how like he doesn't look very impressive now that they've seen all these inhuman powers. And Gemma is like, okay, how did you get your powers? And he's like, oh, it was an experiment gone right. <laughs> and um, she comments how he's somehow alive even after touching the Terrigen crystals. And Creel's like, yeah, but that was horrible. Like he's still alive, but It was not great. Um, And Hunter is like pissed about this entire situation because obviously Creel killed um, what's her name? Uh, Lucy Lawless's character, Hartley. Oh. Hartley and um, the other dude that I can't remember his name in the car. Right? Yeah. Yeah, Something like that. But he killed yeah, Hunter's friends, out. essentially. Um, and Talbot's like, Well, he was brainwashed by Hydra. Like, we've broken through that brainwashing, and I vouch for him. Like, I trust him with my life. And he's arguing that, you know, he's like, Well, you have your own powered protection, Colson, with your inhuman, you know, crew. Like, I want my own. Powered protection, and then Coulson's like. Speaking of Daisy, you're not going to the symposium because um, the symposium has rules. So there's no aliens allowed, and there's no weapons. Um, and Creel doesn't really count as an Inhuman, so having him go along might be a good idea. And Hunter is not happy with this, and um, he storms off. We go to Hydra, and Ward Suit is reading books. He has tons of books around his room, and he's like watching these like news um, news things on the TV and, and Malick comes up, he's like, you know, your body is not improving. Like we could get you a new host if you'd like. Um, you know, perhaps an inhuman, one of the inhumans and ward suits, like this host is fine and I cannot, we find out that he can't inhabit in humans. Um, so this is the first time we find out a little bit more about his powers. And, um, he, he says something like inhumans can't go to war against other inhumans or something like that. I can't remember the exact phrase, but it was like, you know, we inhumans can't harm each other or something like that, which. He,
1: I, what makes it seem like he, well, and specifically with him, I, he does say it more generally, but I think the implication, even in this scene is that he, he can't use, uh, inhumans the same way. Like, yeah. he, he, like, like, like you said, it has to be a human host. He can't, he can't do it, uh, an inhuman host. And I looked it up it's Idaho. Izzy, oh. he, calls, he calls Isabel Hartley Izzy, in Idaho. Idaho, I'm guessing is like uh, where yeah. he's from, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> no, that, whatever. That sounds like a nickname from somebody in a movie about World War II. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Me. It's like
0: my old. Well, it's it, the first thing Brooklyn, I thought of, Idaho. <laughs> the first thing I thought about was Dune. Duncan Idaho, like. Maybe to that's... me, it just made me think of, like,
1: the Howling Commandos, which is probably what it's supposed to, like, oh, evoke, probably. like, characters yeah. like that. Like, yeah, they all had nicknames like that. That's true.
0: Um, oh, also, we find out in this scene that um, the human host has to be dead, which we talked about previously, like, in the spoiler sections and other episodes. But he's like, well, our, you know, the human has to be dead, and I know you're not volunteering, Malik. And then Malik's like, ha ha, you don't want this old body. <laughs> like, we need to find you someone young and healthy. Um, and... I can't remember why I wrote this down. We like to hear that. <laughs> I think so. He, Ward suit refers to himself in like the collectives, like we, oh, the Royal starting, we, but I don't remember why he said that. So I didn't write that I, part down. I, I, I think it's, oh, it's, <laughs>
1: right? I, don't I, don't, remember. I don't know. I don't know what spoilery or not. You know? okay
0: well anyway he uses the royal we
1: and it's weird and creepy the spoiler <laughs> section, maybe for no reason like I, I, I don't even
0: know yeah we'll talk about that in a second um so we go to the zephyr and hunter is sitting there watching creel and well he's like actually yeah this is the zephyr it looks like the, the bus though it's weird anyway um i guess same shit um so Creel is like down below in like the cargo bay, and 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 Hunter is like up above, and May comes out and she's like, you know, like I know you're only here for Bobby. Like you're only an, you only call yourself an agent because she's here, and um, she's like I don't trust you, and she's like I'd rather have him than you here. At least I know like he's not gonna like just abandon. <laughs> the team uh for personal reasons and um hunter turns around he's like look i'm not loyal to like a, a system or an entity i'm loyal to people like which is a very like i don't know honorable thing i think and i never th- thought of hunter that way until he says this but he's like yeah i would like die for any one of you because you're my friends like and may's like we are not friends (laughs) it's just like oh damn um so here we are with with may and hunter like getting having this conflict again they were just starting to become friends so we thought but may's like nope not friends she's still mad about the andrew thing i'm sure um So Coulson thinks that Malik has an insider going to the symposium and um, he is, Coulson is going undercover as like a CDC scientist that's like an expert on inhumans and Talbot is going as himself because he's the head of the ATCU and he, um, Coulson made him wear like a traditional Taiwanese outfit that Talbot calls a dress <laughs> and he's like super racist about it. And it's just Talbot being Talbot. Oh
1: yeah. No, he's, I, I can't remember exactly how <laughs> awfully or, like, or in what, in what words. Cause I immediately like try to like blank it out. But I remember being like, Oh my God, they're really going there. Like they're having yeah. him be that overtly like just, Totally bigoted, like he's just that
0: guy. He is, but I mean, we knew that from many episodes. No, we did. Like,
1: like, like <laughs> I keep comparing like, him to uh, like an evil, Brittany. like, like a bad guy, like, like drill sergeant character like, <laughs> for, for a reason. Like, like, <laughs> yeah. but like, but no, and it's just it's frustrating because it's it, it's the way a way it was explained to me best was as a kid by, by one of my older brothers when talking about he was trying to help me deal with a bully at school and he was like just tr- if you can't do anything about it cuz like teachers won't listen you can't stop it like just try to get through it and like my way of dealing with that was imagining them as a fictional character cuz if it's a fictional oh, bad guy then you yeah. don't really hate them because like he's like what's your favorite movie i said back to the future and he said you don't hate biff like like he's evil like like everything about him, but you enjoy him because he's so good at being a bad guy. So like just yeah. think, is your bully if your if your bully is good at being a bully, then just appreciate it. Be like, man, you're a fantastic asshole. <laughs> and I feel like that's Adrian Pazdar in this role. And like yeah. we enjoy hating him. So it's a weird feeling to like this character so much and then be reminded of how vile he can be and be like, oh, because yeah. it's just like, I don't want to see that. I know. <laughs> i like just, just knowing it. <laughs> just be a weirdo. Don't be racist. Right. and right. Racist. Exactly.
0: Like, like yeah, oh. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Say <laughs> awful things to your wife, but not because you don't think women are inherently yeah. the same value as men or non-binary people. You just treat everyone the same. I know. (laughs) Like, like be an equal opportunity weirdo asshole. Like, that's all we're asking from Talbot's characters.
0: And, okay, so as the scene continues, he starts to suspect everyone that's (laughs) attending this symposium. He's like, oh, the Ruski, it's him. And then, like, he's like, oh, the Japanese guy. Like, it's totally him. And he, like, mispronounces his name. I forget what he says. And Coulson's like, you mean Yakimura? (laughs)
1: Yeah, he, he manages to be only... Extremely racist instead <laughs> upsettingly racist like he was a moment before,
0: maybe. Oh God. like it's all in,
1: it's all on the same spectrum, but you're right. Like they don't let us get away from it. Like it gets he, worse he, as he, this goes like, on. They, like 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 with the Ruski stuff, like they he, he does his best to be as prejudiced as he can against other white people. <laughs> like right. he's he's pushing it.
0: He's but he's totally using he the xenophobic, like, oh yeah. the Russians and the Cold War. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's it's just like an irrational. Well, I guess it's not technically irrational, but it's a unfounded suspicion based off, yes, of, like yeah. xenophobia. <laughs> yeah, he's he's he's, he's, he's
1: <laughs> too wide a net. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's like the Soviets and the Japanese. It's like he's basing Everybody's them off of like together. the Cold War and World War Two. You know, <laughs> like who, wait, 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 who were not who were enemies, <laughs> right? <laughs>
1: It's got to be them teaming up against us because uh, I'm looking at them at the same time. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Um, And we find out that um, to get into the hotel rooms of the delegates, like it's a full palm scan. So the tech that Fitz created was this glove that Coulson wears that scans palms. And then it creates gloves that people can wear to get into the rooms. And so Coulson is going around shaking hands. And this way the rest of the team can get into the secret rooms with these weird gloves. Um, we go back to Hydra, and Malik's like, I gotta go. um I'm leaving these two guys here with you, relax, and then he tells um Iron Chef and the Colombian guy like, do not leave his side. like watch him. Um, he's not well <laughs> and Ward comes out, he's like, I'm gonna need you to disobey that order because I need five humans, <laughs> which is creepy Uh-oh. We go to the playground and, oh, God, I hate this scene so much. Lincoln and Daisy are, like, going to spar and train because Lincoln needs to train for the field. And it's so eye-rolly. He's like, I don't want to fight you. And she's like, and she's (laughs) she punches him in the face, (laughs) which cracked me up. I was like, okay, more of that, please. Um, And they're, like, fighting and, like, he ends up on the ground and she climbs on top of him and she's like being all seductive and it's so forced and gross. And I just hate it so much. Um, And then thank God Gemma interrupts and she's like, I need um, Creel's like DNA results were very strange. I need someone that has expertise on inhuman biology. Um, And so they're like, Oh, to be continued. (laughs) We'll pick up where we left off later. hate lincoln (laughs) and like it's i'm so torn because like okay yeah daisy you know get your dick like i see what you need (laughs) like go for it but god did it have to be him like no you're right and the fact that she actually has feelings for him bothers me like you can just like want to bone him that's fine
1: (laughs) yeah but that she thinks that dude's special (laughs) <laughs> yeah.
0: Like. Pff. Anyway, we go back to Taiwan to the symposium, and Talbot is still being racist, and he meets the Chinese delegate, and he's like, "It's her. I know it's her. She's too nice. No one's that nice." <laughs> like, and Colson's like, "Congratulations, you've narrowed it down to everyone." <laughs> <laughs> oh, which cracks me up. Um, their dynamic is so great in this episode. It's, I love it. Um, so Talbot has everyone enter this conference room, and he's like, "Everyone, have a seat." Um, and meanwhile, May is searching Yakimura's room and um, she's not finding anything. Coulson's trying to explain to the delegates like what inhumans are. Um, they're not a threat. They're not necessarily aliens. It's more complicated than that. And Petrov, the the Ruski, um, comes out and says he, he wants to make Russia a sanctuary state um, for these inhumans, which seems suspicious. And because everyone's suspicious according to Talbot. Um but Nakimura, yeah, Nakimura. Why did that auto correct that? That's weird. Yakimura <laughs> <laughs> um calls this an arms race. He's like, yeah, so you're going to have all the inhumans like in your country like as weapons. Like no, this is an arms race like um And then King, who is the Australian delegate, um, Hunter is in her room because she's saying a lot of paranoid things. And um, he gets he's like, yeah, I'm in King's room. Like, I'm looking for shit. And then he looks outside outside and he sees Creel getting out of the truck when he was supposed to stay. And he's like, Creel's leaving. See, I knew this was going to happen. So he like pulls a gun out from underneath like the room service thing and runs after him, like abandoning his mission and um it seems like in it in the in the symposium it seems like the the delegates are okay with making russia the sanctuary state they're like yeah as long as like we don't have them in our country it's fine um and may intercepts an encrypted message sent by king and it she decrypts it and it says move him now and they're like what does that mean and so bobby's you know, Hunter's supposed to be in her room and he's not answering. And Bubba's like, eh, he's gone off mission chasing after Creole. Let me get in. So she like gets into King's room from the outside and she's just like climbing on the building and no one seems to notice her, which is great. Um, and she goes into the, her safe and finds an envelope envelope. And she finds out that um, King has an inhuman locked up um, and is being experimented on uh, by the military. So maybe that's. That's, that's what that message was about. So it seems like they know what everyone's up to. That
1: is a minor comic connection uh, that I'll bring up later. It is super minor as far as the show goes, but uh, it's worth mentioning.
0: Interesting. Um, So Hunter gets into the truck and there's something inside the truck that Creel was sitting in and it's an inhuman in a pod and he's like oh shit and then Creel catches up to hunter and he knocks him out um meanwhile in the symposium the sanctuary state is approved it seems but talbot decides to postpone the vote he's like there's a traitor among us um and he says colson is the traitor and he calls him out he's like this is this is phil colson of shield or he doesn't say of shield he's like this is phil colson like oh, no he says of hydra hydra right
1: yeah. yeah. He says and he's
0: then, the, he says he's he's he's, he's George Hydra. <laughs> yeah, and then Malik shows up and this obviously reveals Talbot as the real traitor. And um yeah, they call Colson the director of Hydra and they take him away and Colson's like what does he have on you? Like what did what did you agree to? Like you can't trust him. <laughs> Which oh man. Um back at the playground, um they're adding creel's blood to daisy's pre terogenesis blood and it protects it against transforming during terogenesis. and it's kind of like a vaccine but it has to be done to someone before they've transformed doesn't like reverse the process and lincoln's really fascinated by this and daisy is not happy she's like what you don't like are you going to try to use this against us and like the fact that this is this exists now it's it's not going to be a choice. Like pe- the government is going to get a hold of this and it's going to force they're going to force people to to use it. And Lincoln just disagrees with her. And he's like, Don't you think Dr. Garner would have liked to have a choice? Like, not everyone is as has as good of intentions as you do, which they're both right. <laughs> like no,
1: it's it, that's one of those like impossible questions. Like, and it's we've talked before about how there's a lot of similarities in the way that they use in humans and we're trying to uh change them because the the fox uh distribution rights to uh x-men at the time mm-hmm. and like they kind of had a lot of things in common with the way mutants and, and x-men stories have been portrayed in marvel and that's like a question that that keeps coming up where they introduce a character who like powers are killing them or make it where they can't touch anyone like yeah. rogue it's like that's the character who they oftentimes you've had like in in the movies you know like oh i want the cure because i want to be normal and it's like yeah it should be the person's choice, but I do feel like I would err in real life on the side of the, the heroes usually end up uh, siding in the, the, da- the case that Daisy makes here that like, yeah, individuals should have that choice, but right now we have big, scary, totalitarian governments yeah. and like, imagine...
0: And it's funny because Lincoln talks about like, this is why Jiying was so selective in choosing who got to go through the mist. And Daisy's like, yeah, she was also crazy. <laughs> and Lincoln's yeah, but not with this. Like this was a very, this was, this is, she was like militant about this because it was so important. Like she didn't want anyone that was like unstable or like going to use their powers for evil um, to, to, to be able to transform. And so they were kind of like a self-regulating population for a Which that's great, but the entire world does not have that system, like Daisy's point of like, yeah, like maybe in a perfect world, like a vaccine would be great, like people could have the choice, but it's not going to be a choice, <laughs> like because they don't live in this perfect world. They don't live in this little utopia of afterlife where it can be regulated with with care and compassion and concern for balance. Um, that's not what the world is, sadly. Uh, we go back to Taiwan and Hunter wakes up on the ground with a bunch. I said a bunch pointed at him, a bunch of guns pointed at him. <laughs> this recap is a fucking mess. Um,
1: that bunch was pointed uh, right at him.
0: Yeah, it's a bunch of Hydra agents as we know. And, oh, is that, uh,
1: that's the newest character
0: bunch. <laughs> yeah. A bunch pointed at him. Um, and we find out that it was Talbot's son in the pod. Um, and they're like oh shit like we have no weapons we are surrounded by hydro agents that have weapons we can't use their guns cuz it's like f- thumbprint sensitive or whatever and what do we do and hunter's like well lucky for you i smuggled in some weapons so he opens up like the food tray things in the in the catering truck and he has all these guns and he has bobby's batons and bobby's like i love you and he's like i don't hate you as much <laughs> which is great um so we go back to the symposium and Malik's speech about his good works and his philanthropy and how he has like helped world economies and all kinds of things. And he's just being sneaky. He's like, this is my track record. Like Phil Coulson has a terrible track record. And uh, he kind of goes through his history a little bit, which I feel like we have at least one episode in every season so far where we do this, where like they bring out Coulson's sins and it's like, we know it's more complicated than that, but on paper it looks bad. <laughs> um, it's and- true. And like in different
1: contexts, like sometimes it's other characters or whatever who, who are the impression. Sometimes it's governments. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's us as viewers. But like it, it, it's interesting how like every every once in a while, every like third of a season or something or two thirds yeah. of a season, they're like, hey, remember, of course it can't be trusted because of this. Like someone yeah. tries to make that case. <laughs>
0: Anyway, so Coulson's getting taken away and he gets his hand taken away, and Talbot wants his son back, and he did everything that Malik asked, and he's like, that's not right. Like, Malik's like, no, no, no. I don't think so. Like, you're not going to get your son back and Talbot's pissed.
1: Like, are you forgetting I'm evil? Yeah. (laughs) This sort of his reaction.
0: And Coulson's like, why would you make a deal with him? Like, you know that he's going to double cross you. And so they they handcuff Coulson and Talbot together, which this is going to be great. Um,
1: Right. So they can be bosom buddies. Right. (laughs)
0: It reminds me of that Clone Wars episode where Obi Wan and Anakin are are, uh, handcuffed to Dooku, and they're like trying to escape the pirates, and it's just like everyone's just like so annoyed with each other, and it's great.
1: It's (laughs) also like there's there's an episode, a classic episode of uh, a show that comes up a lot because of crossover with the show, but that you uh, are not interested in, if I'm correct, Star Trek: The Next Generation. (laughs) But but but, uh, it is inspired directly by a great movie. Called Enemy Mine, uh, and I mentioned it. I think in the episode where Emma or Diana, where Gemma is on uh, Maveth, because mm-hmm. uh, it's similar. Because that movie oh, in particular, yeah, yeah. they're trying to like survive. Yeah, but, but that's the direct inspiration for you mentioned Star Wars, uh, the Rebels episode yeah. where Callus and, um, yeah, and Zeb and Zeb have dealing. to survive on a planet. So like, I I feel like it's a trope for sure. It's like, I'm trying to think there's
0: so many buddy comedies that are based on that premise. I've I've definitely seen this trope used before, not just in star Wars or Marvel. Yeah. But
1: I I, I love it. I I love that. (laughs) The the guys who are either enemies or in the case of this, like already reluctant allies, or Inmates, like in in some movies, like literally like, -hmm. you know, chained together escape. But like, it's, it feels like it's half of the, uh, the dynamic if not like literally chained together it's it's like half of the dynamic in all the uh movies starring uh Richard Pryor and Gene Wilder <laughs> which i loved <laughs> I, like all of those movies i loved as a kid and i i, I they're essentially the same movie over right, and
0: over right. again. hey entertaining though um so we go to hydra and iron chef brings the ward suit five inhumans, and he's like, oh, um, the Columbia guy has frozen them in place for you. They're the healthiest that we could find. Um, and the Colombian guy is like, the, they're innocents. And ward suit says, yes, they are innocents, but they will serve the greater good. And then the ward suit turns into the 1999 mummy <laughs> and like – T- turns into sand again and like it's all crazy and as then, one
1: does <laughs> right
0: <laughs> i don't know how else to describe this but that's just re- what it reminds me of and we go outside the room where iron chef and the columbia guy are standing and we just hear screams from inside the room which is horrifying well,
1: and <laughs> you said inhumans just now was this inhumans
0: or humans humans right okay not yeah they're they're just humans sorry my bad <laughs> I I I
1: might be mistaken. I was just uh, I needed it for my own clarification. And no nothing problem.
0: Else. Yeah, just humans, healthy humans <laughs> that are innocent.
1: So creepy. They sounding. work for
0: Hydra. They're not innocent. Come on. Yeah, yeah, it,
1: <laughs> no, no, I mean, either they're not innocent or it's just super sad because then there are people whose families are blackmailed. <laughs> <Right? laughs> oh
0: god, I didn't even think about that. Yeah.
1: yeah, they're either not innocent at all or they're super innocent. So either way. Evil shit's going on. <laughs> yeah, it's
0: Not good, no matter what. We go back to Taiwan, and Colson is giving Talbot shit about trusting Malik, and he's just like, really? like, they're like in a cell together, and um, uh, one of the guards has been ordered to kill them. But Creel shows up, and Talbot's like, "I've got an inside man." Haha, <laughs> the title, because um, Colson accused him of being the inside man the traitor um and uh creel gets them out of the cell and they yeah colson asks talbot to give him a hand aka grab the hand his hand that's on the table it's so lame but i freaking love it cuz it's so colson <laughs> It's, it's, it's dad dad jokes. Joke. Yeah. <laughs> um and we find out that carla is mad at talbot because malik took their son and she blames him and so it's like don't worry we're gonna fix it we're gonna get your son um and bobby and hunter are in a firefight with a hydra dude and they take everyone out or so it seems and then hunter sees a red dot From a sniper rifle, like on his hand, and he turns around. He's like, Oh shit. But Creole shows up and saves his ass and kills the guy. And Hunter's like, Yeah, this doesn't change anything. (laughs) We're not even. Um, And then they're like, Shit, okay, let's get out of here. But where's Talbot's son? And Mae shows up on comms and is like, Hey, Colson, look what I got. And she comes driving up with the truck. Um, and Coulson asks Bobby and Hunter to stay behind and tail Malik because he's going somewhere and they want to know where he's going. So they're going to go off alone. We go back to the playground and oh no, they've had their first fight. So Daisy comes into Lincoln's room and apologizes and you know, she, she's like, I don't know what's wrong with me. And Lincoln explains that he's kind of jealous of her because she seems to have this like zen thing going on with her powers. Like when and he's like, I don't know if it's just you or if it's from being around Agent May for so long. Like when Daisy's in really stressful combat situations, like she has really good control over her abilities. And Lincoln feels like he doesn't have that. Like he says something like it feels like, you know, chaos is going on in my brain when I use my powers. I don't have that control. And he's like, I feel like I could lose control at any second. Um, She's like, I want to help you. And he says, I don't know if I can be helped. (sighs) And then she takes her shirt off, and (laughs) it's great. (laughs) Oh,
1: man. I, I so mean, annoyed. go
0: her, like, getting what she no, wants. That's like, what's frustrating. It's like, <laughs> I want to be happy for the character, but it's just like, uh, come on. You know, I guess. Whatever. Back on the Zephyr, um, they have George Talbot's son, and Talbot and Colson are now friends, <laughs> which is kind of great. And Talbot's like, call me Glenn. Occasionally. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Coulson goes to talk to me and he's like, he suspects that Malik is, you know, he, he is the last head of Hydra, so they think, but it, he suspects that he's actually reporting to someone, which he is. Um, so it, Coulson is slowly figuring out that something's going on and we go back to Hydra and it's just bones on the ground, like, like red raw bones, like someone ate them raw and we hear this creepy music that reminds me of the Battlestar Galactica music. I mean, it's the same composer, Bear McCreary, but just something, it's like this creepy, like, like Cylon music. And the ward suit is now healthy and looks alive again. And he's covered in this like gelatinous, like slimy shit. And he's completely naked. And it's just so gross. And I put in the notes, I hate this episode for so many reasons. (laughs) This is one of them. <laughs> There's just oh so gross.
1: You don't know, like naked ward walking out of what looks like maybe is like human marrow jello or something? Right.
0: Like- <laughs> oh so gross. Um so I was reading in the description on the Wikipedia that the scene was supposed to be like um he was being reborn. And so he's supposed to look like he's just coming out of the womb covered in, like, fluid and stuff, which is even worse. <laughs> no, it does look like that, but because of the context of what we see, it
1: looks like he just ate a bunch of people and then, like, literally, like, Smeared rolled their- around in their <laughs> marrow. Like, it's weird as Ugh. hell. It's gross and insane.
0: I know. It is insane. And he just looks so happy and and slimy. Anyway, um, the end scene is Malik is on the on a plane and he's having champagne with the Russian guy. Um and the Russian still thinks that Malik is agreeing to the, his sanctuary sanctuary state but he's like I have some issues that we that I need your help with. And we pan down to the cargo hold and Bobby and Hunter are on the plane. And that's the end of the episode. Can we just Oh, talk about your comics connection and then I want to talk about spoilers because. Okay. (laughs) There's a character who actually I've been tweeting
1: about because he's uh, who he's created by and some of the context. So we talked a little bit about how uh, Daisy wasn't originally a mutant. She was this, uh, or not mutant, uh, inhuman. She was this kind of character called uh, Mutate in Marvel Comics. Colloquially, which is, yeah. So insane uh so like hulk or spider-man or whatnot and it was something that would have been inherited and and she was a whole group of this whole but like click of characters that were called caterpillars they were potential recruits and most of them were legacies of some other character related to someone somehow like how i also mentioned in the recent episode about uh, yo-yo how her love interest in the comics how his dad is crusher creel uh Mm. who was just in this one Right and and uh, so there's this character whose mentor was uh, the X Men's Aboriginal Australian friend Gateway, who was an uh, Aborigine who uh, was silent, uh, 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 not mute, but like uh, an ascetic. Uh, mm-hmm. So he was, so he had taken a vow of silence. Uh, he uh, only broke to help other people occasionally, uh, but <laughs> he uh, uh, like, like in in, d- in dire need, like, like 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 life or death situations or whatnot. He he use speech but he uh he teleports and like he's a problematic character in that every indigenous character created before a certain point in popular comics like it has to wear native garb and whatnot he's he's been portrayed as being complex and interesting so i really enjoy him his name is gateway and, and he's this really interesting character so he was the connection to one of these recruits one of these friends and compatriots of daisies in the comic books Whose name is Eden Fessy, whose uh, superhero codename is Manifold. Mm. At some point, I think because of an error, an editorial uh, in a comic that I really enjoyed, he's drawn with a bunch of other mutants. And later on in a comic, he's referred to as a mutant, and now he is one as well.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, which, I mean, is fine. His, uh, his mentor was a, a, a as well. It's just interesting because I think – by the nature of these characters, they're supposed to be people who were off of everyone else's radar. Mm-hmm. So I think that he was not meant to be. But there were a couple other characters. There were the children of mutants, explicitly. So that's not a hard and fast rule. So it's not something that contradicts anything. Right. But uh, this character is very cool. He's a friend of Black Panthers, uh, and mm-hmm. like currently is not really like dating, but is a uh, like potential love interest. Like starting a thing with uh, Shuri in the comics as well. Mm. Uh, he's an immense. He's immensely powerful. He's 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 a teleporter, but is referred to as a universal shaper because the idea is when he's teleporting, he's actually changing the shape of the universe to send you where you. He's more powerful than other teleporters in that sense, I'd, I suppose, or at least sounds cooler. Right. Uh, and he was created by Brian Michael Bendis, who created uh, characters that we enjoy, like Riri Williams, and uh, the world now loves like uh, My- Miles Morales uh, mm-hmm. and also created by this guy, Jonathan Hickman, who's taken over X-Men, which is why I've been tweeting about him because I want him to be used in X-Men. Then it'd be a perfect way to have them cross over with black Panther right now. But is isn't the stereotypical uh, storm and uh black Panther romance storyline, right. which they've done. And I don't mind them, you know, using, cause it's established in there, but it's also just like been done a thousand times. So yeah. let's use other connections. And, uh, he was also created by an artist named Stefano Caselli, who's very talented and, uh, worked for a long time with Daisy and that whole crew of characters, some of whom we'll be meeting shortly, uh, in Secret Warriors in this comic, and it was in July of 2009 on the cover date, so it came out that spring, a couple months earlier, in Secret Warriors number four. Uh, I'm really disappointed that this is literally the only mention of him show. Like, they should have used this opportunity to cast an Aboriginal actor that would have been (laughs) really cool, and instead, we, we hear him mention, which is like neat for fans and and readers, but at the same time, it's like, oh yeah, there was this guy named Eden Fessy and we saved him. And that's it.
0: Yeah.
1: This is literally his only mention. So that's a disappointment.
0: Can you remind me what scene that was in in this episode? They mention him,
1: uh, I don't don't remember, but I remember them mentioning them like letting him go after the scene with uh, them discovering the... Uh, what do you call it? Uh, discovering George and thinking he's inhuman in a pod. Right. I remember right. thinking for a split second, wait, is that a white guy? Is that supposed to be him? I like, got yeah. being really annoyed because I couldn't tell with him in the amber-like solution or whatever. So they'd mentioned him before we saw George. I mean, they mentioned freeing him. I think maybe he's like in passing at the end. Who mentions it though? Like Lance like, or something? I, I don't. I don't know. No, <laughs> I, I think Colson does. Like he says something about how like they took care of it or someone tells Colson. I don't know. I can't right. remember either. Now I watched this. Th- I watched that one uh, a week ago, unfortunately. So I'm not quite <laughs> as fresh as I should
0: be. Uh, it's just, and it just isn't like, I, it didn't catch my attention when I was watching it. So I'm like, wait, I don't remember. Whether, where that was. <laughs>
1: I think I omitted the credits of uh, created by Brian Michael Bendis and uh, artist Alex Malieve for Yo-Yo. When I mentioned mm. her a while back, a couple episodes ago. So she is, uh, uh, first appeared in Mighty Avengers number 13 in July of 2008 and died in July of 2017 in Secret Warriors volume 2 number 1. Hopefully that will Rude. be reversed soon, as so often is in comic books. It's a nice, <laughs> nice thing about comic books. Death has no meaning.
0: Right. But it's still not um, great to kill off. oh no no no, absolutely (laughs) no no i'm just
1: saying the the silver lining is that she could come back and couldn't in most forms of fiction or in real life but no no it's not advocating killing her off i'm (laughs) I'm still very annoyed that happened i'm just also like burned out on it uh like like, i don't have the same emotional reaction i used to to comic book deaths as a result like Mm -hmm. i still definitely feel it like the same in tv and film like in general i think like it, it hits me as hard as it yeah. does, uh, it used to with, with superhero deaths. So I think it's just because I know most stories aren't going to ignore the rules of life and death the same way.
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure. I mean, there's a different audience with films versus comics. And there are people, I mean, there's already people that are like upset <laughs> about dumb shit. Like bringing stuff yes. back to life is just one more thing to have film audiences be upset about, which, whatever.
1: Which is maybe a reason to do it. No, uh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> bring back uh, Natasha and uh. Gamora. <laughs> no, they, 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 they,
1: they should, but it's just similarly blunt, and we don't, know, we don't even question it. Yeah, she was almost her, but she didn't do it to be in that Tom Cruise movie, and she did make that movie better. And it was one of the better one of those, but
0: uh. I know. It's,
1: extra, it's it's like a domino effect of things that. We don't like. It's like it's like it. It took an actor we enjoy, put him in a Tom, put her in a Tom Cruise movie, and it, and it got Scarlett it Johansson into the MCU. It's like it's just like, I know it's yeah. a
0: cascade of ick ick for us.
1: <laughs> Somehow this is how the character of Ward was created.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's a, so Ward is actually played by Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> huh,
1: that's the twist.
0: <laughs> no, or Iron yeah. Chef is played by Scarlett Johansson. That's oh, more god, on par with her. That's, that's <laughs> whitewash. She play it.
1: any any role.
0: Yeah. Oh my god. Oh, okay. Um <laughs> wait, what were you gonna say? Oh nothing. Go on. Okay. I was just gonna say a spoiler section time because I knew that Bobby and Hunter's exit was coming at some point during the season, but then when Colson sends them away to like follow Malik to Russia. I was like, "Oh shit, that's happening next episode," and it made me really sad. <laughs> um, I don't like this episode for many reasons. I like it, but I also don't like it. And yeah, no, the highlight <laughs> for
1: this episode is also a lot of its cringe factor and its Talbot. <laughs> you know, for for sure, it's 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 Talbot and. Things around him, Talbot brings out the best in our other characters. Like he got me to actually appreciate a line from Lincoln.
0: Yeah, right.
1: (laughs) uh, The one thing I wanted to mention, I'm like, I don't know. Do we know that? He's like a hive mind. Yet we haven't call, heard him called hive, have we? No,
0: we haven't. And the only uh, when he uses the royal we, that's like the first time that we get it. Yeah, a that.
1: and that's what I wanted to like. Like I almost was going to ruin it. Yeah, and I feel like we may have
0: called him Hive in a previous. I think episode. we've called him Hive in spoiler section.
1: We definitely well, have in spoiler sections. Maybe I, I we know have. that at one point I thought yeah. he was called Maveth.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right.
1: If it, uh, I I never said it with confidence. I always said with, I think maybe. So I feel like that's my my out for that. Uh, so I feel like if we did spoil it, then it was the wrong spoiler, probably. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So that was a good hint. That was cool. Mm-hmm. But I also feel like I don't know. His powers are not they're not badly defined at all, but like they don't feel super connected. To me, like, I'm a sand being, you can infect other inhumans, but I could also ride in one human corpse while I do so. Like, I, and then, then I can
0: don't. eat a bunch of humans and regenerate the corpse, like... Yeah, that's how the corpse st- stays nice and healthy.
1: It's how he gets his healthy uh, uh, coat of goo.
0: <laughs> <laughs> his moisturizing coat of goo. <laughs> um,
1: I was thinking how they always describe... Uh, all the ads for dog food I've ever seen always talk about, like, the healthy code. And whatnot. It's, like, it's, it's like, he just needs he, a healthy diet. Five healthy, innocent humans. Gotta be uh, innocent. And then, how about a nice coat of goo? I think, I think
0: the other thing that we haven't... I mean, so he's done weird things to both the Colombian and to Iron Chef, but we have seen him turn to sand. Yes, we've seen he's throw sand at them, but we don't know what that's doing because they don't seem... To be acting different, yeah, we don't see the consequence of it
1: yet, right?
0: Like, yeah, really. so, it, so I think all of this is starting to come together. We're getting, we're slowly having hints revealed, and so now we have a better. I mean, through this episode, we have a better understanding of like, oh, he can't inhabit in humans. Um, he can only inhabit. Dead human bodies, and, and then the- we're going
1: to find out in the next couple episodes. He can't mind control humans; he can only mind control inhumans.
0: Right, right. Um, and I don't remember exactly how that's revealed, but um, yeah, and it'll like be interesting to see. So my,
1: my 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 thought on this other planet. Pardon, sorry. Sorry, right. <laughs> the motorcycle race going on outside. Apparently,
0: Ugh, it's probably Billy. <laughs> 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 driving through my neighborhood he <laughs> uh, got there in like 15 minutes <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: why it's a so lot <laughs> he's driving very fast now mm-hmm. um <laughs> uh, uh, uh i was trying to think about uh the, like, like the way he operated on maveth like if it wasn't an inhuman city there because like we ta- I know we talked about a number of spoiler sections and discussion sections how in the yeah. comics and I believe in this as well how the Kree experimented on multiple planets and created humans all over the place just like mm-hmm. the Eternals did uh, were experimented on by the Celestials the same way this inspired the uh, the Kree and the Squirrels mm-hmm. to both go out and experiment uh, on other species and the results of the Krees were different humans all over the place so my idea was that. If he's not doing that, then all he's done is possess one dude on that planet and then do it like Littlefinger or Iago style. Yeah. And like, that's what more if? impressive. Like, what a badass dude. It's because his I, powers I, are not nearly
0: as good. All he all he yeah. is is basically immortal because yeah. he can turn into sand
1: and not bodies.
0: And, and yeah. And he can turn into that little slimy, like, tentacle thing and inhabit bodies. Eventually. So I have a crazy crackpot theory what so obviously Hi- hive was probably put on mavath by an inhuman community on earth yeah it, it seems
1: like he was like exiled there i yeah, thought he's exiled. I, I, I thought we've heard that right, that part
0: yeah so what if mavath is like the inhumans like australia where they just like sent all of their exiled inhumans and then they created a civilization there and, and, that, and that motherfucker
1: is whatever, whoever's ruining Australia, the guy you know, Aiden <laughs> an Onion and says crazy shit. <laughs> Their conservative uh, prime minister from a few years ago. I wish I could remember that guy's name for yeah. anyone Australia. You got they know what I'm talking about better than I do. <laughs>
0: and luke mitchell was on Maveth, <laughs> the <laughs> australia of the humans, with his platypus all adding up yeah <laughs> listening um, to
1: quakas <laughs> 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 letting them, tell him tell him what to do pushing him around those cute little guys i love the idea like of quakas being <laughs> like the secret just knowing how animals like oh
0: my god the guanas were running around demanding eggs and it was just chaos until (laughs) hive came and then he destroyed everything (laughs) which australia is like so i was reading this book about like civilizations and how they've collapsed and basically like how deforestation and stuff like that really impacts like um the climate of a lot of like ecosystems and stuff like that. And basically Australia is just like a giant wasteland. Like you can't grow anything there. It's just mostly desert because like all the forests have pretty much been burned (laughs) to the ground. And like, it's just basically this author was like, everyone should, should, should just leave Australia because it's more expensive to maintain civilization there than it, than it costs to actually like, like feed everybody. And like, um, than it would be to just have everyone leave and go to de- to other countries and to be able to live off of those resources. Like they should
1: just <laughs> abandon it. And let it yeah. be a beautiful. Let it be a beautiful thing. And let it would, it would probably like like reachieve a state of equilibrium if we just right.
0: Leave. It'll be able to like regenerate.
1: <laughs> but instead, like I have friends not well, I mean not there, uh, but n- neighboring uh, New Zealand. Just talk, mm-hmm. They just moved across uh, to a different part of Wellington. And they were talking. About, they were telling me every day about how. The, uh, he and his wife saw an orange rabbit run by, and like now they're like trying to catch it because rabbits are not uh, like indigenous invasive
0: species. Yeah, Ooh. yeah. Some
1: some some European assholes brought rabbits. So, oh my God. <laughs> but, like, but they, but I, I think it's funny because like now the two of them and their kid and their like, six year old uh, daughter and uh, neighboring cats are like all on the same page like we're gonna on rabbit, rabbit patrol <laughs> <laughs> like, the same at the same job that the cat's have. Like, it's oh like, like we're gonna fix this thing That's uh so, funny. so while you mentioned that i had to look up tony abbott is the australian prime minister who is, <laughs> and is a weirdo uh according according to what what, what news we get in america <laughs> i believe he's a bizarre dude but when i tried to search it i wrote australian prime minister i was gonna write eats onion and i wrote EA and it auto completed to Eaten by a Shark. <laughs> what I discovered in 1967 Harold Holt, the Prime Minister of Australia, went swimming in the sea in Portsea, Victoria and disappeared. Oh my god! Some people think he might have been eaten by a shark. Never would have known that if Tony Abbott <laughs> hadn't eaten that onion. So I guess there's <laughs> one good thing about that weirdo. <laughs> Help me learn an interesting Australia fact. That you, is weird.
0: We, Australia is weird. Australia is so weird.
1: <laughs> we both like it, I think, but somehow we always comes up. Like maybe I, I guess we can blame Luke Mitchell for starting it. Yeah, but it's fascinating for sure that how, how often we digress about Australia, not related to him directly.
0: There's so many connections to like Australia and Shield and spies and like it's it's weird. <laughs> like why why are there so many connections?
1: I love. I do like that idea, though. It could have been like a penal colony. That makes that makes sense because it would have given him access to a bunch of humans he could have controlled. Yeah, and that may very well be exactly what they explain.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I know. I don't remember.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we're so good at the general things, but we're so bad at the timing of where everything is and little details like that. Like, but I'm I'm glad because it's like this or like I'm rewatching Terminator with one of our friends and like. Uh, the Sarah Connor Chronicles of a TV yeah. show version of Terminator, and like I remember everything, but not enough specifically that I'm still like surprised by something. Like that's something how I feel about like,
0: this show. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah,
1: and, and, um, and it's the same. It's the same experience, and it, that's the best part because it's like it's familiar, but it's also like you can still have a jump, a surprise moment where it's like, yeah.
0: what? Holy crap! For sure, for sure. Um, I think we should end here. Absolutely after we start talking shit on Australia more. <laughs> we definitely like
1: it. We the just, amount uh, of
0: time that we have spent talking about Australia on the show, I never ever thought I would have ever talked about Australia that much, having never been there and not really ever wanting to go there because their creatures terrify me. Well, and at <laughs> like, this
1: point, you know. I feel like the case we just made, it's like, well, apparently it's it would be more worth it to just leave and yeah. they once <laughs> let a prime minister disappear <laughs> in the ocean. <laughs> Like that's how safe it is. The prime minister is just floating away or maybe by sharks. Either way, it doesn't seem super safe. That guy should be the most protected. This wasn't like 1804, (laughs) 1967, man. Where
0: was his secret service that let him just
1: drift off into the sea? Like our presidents are being assassinated in this era. Theirs are like maybe being killed by like like a wildlife. jellyfish accident. Like yeah, who knows? maybe the wildlife
0: <laughs> is revolting because they're like you've made our country or our 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 home a wasteland. Like please leave, humans. <laughs>
1: we have learned you know in recent months, you know, the two of us how how much animals influence stuff. Like, it's not that crazy to think. <laughs> Gwa- Gu- Guanacos are telling you what to do. On the land. Sharks are eating their prime ministers for not listening.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: All the animals are working together. <laughs> All righty. Uh, where can people find you on the uh, I can be found at I Snow Nothing. Yeah, on Twitter and I guess Instagram, although I have no idea when the last time I looked at
0: that. <laughs> and you can find me at Space Jess with four S's in the Jess on all the things you can find the podcast on twitter at project tahiti you can send us an email at project tahiti pod at gmail.com and we are on apple podcasts google play and if you're a browser listener you can listen on either podbean or but why though thank you so much for listening to project tahiti it's a magical place Catch you later bye Hey, um, Billy locked himself in the garage. Can I come back in just a second? <laughs> Absolutely. Pause. <laughs> no ready. problem.
1: Okay, I'm back. <laughs> Sorry about that. Well, it didn't take long at all. It's fine. That's. I'm glad you're able to help him. That's, it, <laughs>
0: I'm glad I've I been locked my...
1: out. It sucks.
0: <laughs> I know. I'm glad I had my watch on because otherwise I wouldn't have seen that message. <laughs> <laughs> so. My phone is not here. Um, I will
1: have to put that in our outtakes as as our (laughs) advertisement. Apple won't let us log in, but they, uh,
0: (laughs) right. (laughs) The watch came in handy. Um,